Walking the spot in his lights, camera's action Well executed, I'm the main attraction Engaging vibes is where I wanna be Enchanting light to smiles is all you see <laughs> So I ain't thinking about the next one Snapping pics, they be loving my fashion Great drinks, great friends, and it's flowing well It's a perfect event, shout out Riel Listening to another episode of the Reals Events Podcast. We're a podcast all about elevating boring events to enchanting engagements for your nonprofit organization, corporation, or small business. I'm your host, Riel Jones. I am so excited for this week's interview. It was a dynamic conversation between me and the wonderful Greg E. Hill, who is the host of the Wildly Successful Minority Trailblazers podcast. It has been downloaded over 200,000 times and is listened to in over 200 different countries. His podcast hosting style and his speaker style are very similar in a sense of wanting to be transparent and open. And I think that in this interview, you get that feel from our conversation. He's completely transparent as we talk about how an event brought him to becoming homeless to where he is taking his podcast now from off the airs to being in person through events. I just want to thank you for taking time out to do this interview with me. Um, Definitely, you're somebody that I've been looking up to, especially as I started to do this podcast. And it actually started about probably a little bit more than nine months ago, where I really started tuning in. I was looking for different podcasts that I felt like I related to them, you know, and they all, not just people who look like me, but really like I felt the vibe and when you, even when you changed your intro, I was like, oh my gosh, I need an intro that gets people excited and ready for the podcast episode because a lot of times you don't see that and you inspired me to get my own custom intro done. So thank you for being an inspiration to us all out here. No, you already know, man. I, I'm just glad we were able to get it on. I know my schedule's been, I, I, I know my schedule's been so abrupt and crazy over the last like effing a uh, couple weeks, so I'm just glad yeah. to finally be able to get it, get it in tow. Yeah, so I know you're from North Carolina, and you went to North Carolina A&T. What made you stay? Uh, most importantly, I stayed from in North Carolina A&T because growing up, I realized I, I always had a keen sense of self-awareness, and I knew that in order for me to flourish and what I needed to do, A, I needed to be in a, a big fish in a small pond. Um, I didn't want to mm. go to a PWI where there were uh, I was the minority where I was in, in a box and I didn't see people like me. I didn't feel the love and the energy. I wanted to go to an institution where, um, first, they had a great academic program. But second, they gave me a great opportunity to, to early in the game uh, take leadership and um, just create and have action. So when I visited North Carolina a and I had offers uh, to go to uh, North Carolina State. Could have went to uh, Cornell. Could have went to other bigger schools. But I went to North Carolina A&T, man. I, I felt like home. And plus, um, the, the, the women were phenomenal there. Uh, the, the my boys were going there, and it just seemed like the spot that I needed to be to really uh go go there, take over, learn, fail, grow, experience, and there's nothing like HBCU. Did 
the school fulfill the goals that you had and what you were thinking in your mind before you got there or was it different at, once you actually got to A&T? No, I blew my mind. It filled every single goal times 10. I never could imagine that the, the Greg that came in A&T was not the Greg that left uh, through through choices. But the the, the experience at the end of the day, I always, I'm a big proponent of where, whatever college you go to. Um, mm-hmm. You make the experience. Um, I had a guy on my podcast, Dr. Stephen Alsop, that is, uh, finished, got his PhD from MIT and now is in med school, a residency um, at Harvard Medical School. He went to North Carolina Central. I mean, mm. you make you make your experience. And I think I went in there with, a, with the open mindset of, yo, just trying to dominate every single semester and just try to make take advantage of every single opportunity. And it just things morphed and we had opportunities to enter for the mayor we started multiple businesses we had um, a lot of friends and a lot of heartbreak as well a lot of things that didn't go my way but uh, all in all I mean I, I just couldn't I couldn't have asked for more from a collegiate experience and I took advantage of the opportunities there so that allowed me to get into places like Johnson and Johnson and BAE systems in the MLT program where I was put in spaces that weren't that a lot of black people were not so it wasn't that I cool myself into a black utopia no, mm-hmm. um, I kind of used the opportunities to launch me into spaces that if I would have went to other other universities that I may not have went to. So uh, I just think it was a, a phenomenal opportunity. And when I when I came, I was a I was 17 years old when I left. Mm-hmm. I was uh, <laughs> I was 24. That's a long story. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it just it was a life changing experience. And you said some things didn't go your way. What didn't go your way, and did you learn anything from it at the end of the day? Uh, what didn't go my way? Uh, I think the biggest thing is once I'm going into my senior year when I was really decidedly took took my life in control um, outside the hands of God and just said, y'all, want, this is what I want to do. I want to do this entrepreneurship thing full time. I had a company that was doing pretty well. We were hosting events. I interned for the mayor. And I was like, F it, man. I'm, I'm going. I'm, let me go off the track, and let me just kind of like – uh, take my refund money and invest it in my company. <laughs> so I did yeah. that, and that experience didn't go as planned. Uh, I got a lot of experience, like handling business, working with uh, different different types of people, some good, some bad, some shady, some right. And that didn't go right because I tried to do everything on my own strength. And I didn't. And honestly, if I go back, I didn't tap into the resources that North Carolina A&T had readily available, like the economics department and the business department. Everything that I was doing was in the business vein, but I never talked to the dean about what I was doing. Um, I never yeah. talked to my professors. I didn't talk to anybody, get any advice. So I think I could have done things a lot more uh, tactfully and, and probably could have had more grant funding and all this other stuff. So um, I, I, I cherish those moments now as an entrepreneur and as a, as, a, as a change agent because me taking the hard route to get money, the hard route to get interest, I didn't have no grant. I didn't apply for funding. I didn't get no seed round or nothing like that. Now I have a crazy skill set array that those people that do go to, and there's nothing wrong with going the, mm-hmm. the, the other route, but yeah. my skill set is, 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 is so dynamic because – I did everything the hard way. I didn't get. I didn't do no sponsorships, no, no uh, scholar. I didn't. I didn't get any, any, any help financially. It was all off credit. It was all off loans. It was all off personal money. Mm-hmm. Uh, marketing was all off the strength. I had to learn different ways to adapt, different ways to market, different ways to communicate, different ways to build. 
I didn't get no professor asking for no marketing plan. There was no marketing plan. The marketing plan was the hustle and to grind harder than anybody else. Was going dorm storms every day. Was making those calls. Was up at 4 a.m. Um, was going to sleep at 2. That's the time when I didn't believe in sleep. I didn't even have a bed. I said, I'm not going to buy a bed until I reach a goal. I was sleeping on the couch. Like, it was it was mm. all or nothing. So, I think those, uh, although it was a, it was a failure to, to a certain extent, it just now, um, and I say this humbly and through God, I'm a, I'm a beast. Like I'm a, I'm a yeah. effing beast and it's not, and it's, in it's, it's off skill. Like people would, could say that they're like, going to listen to this interview and may have just heard of me or just been following me for the last couple of years or last couple of months. Like, Oh, he just got on. Nah, I've been, we've been, we've been at it since Oh three. Like really like this mm. is, this is 13 core years in the making so nothing this is new this is all strategic this is all planned out i know i speak with energy passion all that good stuff yeah i do but don't 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 act like I, i'm not in the lab reading book after book taking course after course looking at all the idols looking at all the people that i look up to looking at the way they move not asking my hand i was not asking to pick their brains i'm just researching i'm studying so um that's just kind of a, a snippet but i hope that answer your question oh definitely and you spoke about a lot of things that i also saw in my journey um, even before we started our interview, I told you I was doing my morning worship and, and stuff like that. Because when I started this, my re-elevance, like my actual business, I was starting off with like skill set and what I knew I could do. And I had a lot of <laughs> uphill stuff that I had to deal with. And <clears throat> ultimately, part of me became frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I know I can do this. I know I'm putting this much energy in. I see this person do X, Y, and Z, but I didn't have God in it. And mm-hmm. um, I see now when I start my days off with God and really asking him for direction and stuff, things end up working out. And things that I didn't expect to happen really do happen and stuff. So you hit on a lot of things that really um, hit close to home for me. Now, I know you interned at the mayor's office. Um, can you tell me about that experience? What did you gain from it? What were you doing? Yeah, things like that. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I think uh, <clears throat> when I was at the mayor's office, I got that opportunity because when I when I hosted events, I wanted to make sure it was called Joint Entertainment, and I wanted to mm-hmm. make sure we had a community Paul community portion from it. But we weren't just going to do the simple community, and 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 not to be little people to do because I mean people do people need to do the simple things. But I said, mm-hmm. okay, the low hanging fruit, of course, is the book bag supply drives and stuff like that. But I was like, yo, mm-hmm. hold up, man, people not voting. And not, not, I'm not talking mm. about the presidential election. I'm talking about city elections. And mm-hmm. I was on a panel one time at A&T. And some, some pilot, some, I remember this day. I was telling them, we were telling them about kind of joining the team and what we do. Some politician was like, y'all can, y'all, y'all want to party in clubs, but y'all can't vote. He was just going off. And I was like, mm. bro, I said, bro, I'm not the guy. I'm not the one to do that. So I said, all right, mm-hmm. bet, man. I guarantee we're going to increase voter turnout. Uh, a thousand percent this year since you talking all that bro like it is what it is so after that we immediately uh me uh marcus bass uh wayne kimball jr for lauren uh javon johnson william stewart we got in the lab uh, hopefully if i'm missing anybody michael griffin i miss anybody please don't please don't kill the messenger but we got in the lab was like yo let's join me at the polls chris rob my bad let's join me at the polls let's have a let's have a march to the polls to vote um let's brand mm-hmm. it get some shirts on it uh, meet at the ANC statue and let's march. Yo, we had the brand, uh, Brandon. We had the I got I got my man uh, Darius Miller. Um, uh, he made the the lo- the logo. So we had join me at the polls. Boom. We had all these shirts. I had it in the AKA colors. Uh, had it in 
Delta colors, Sigma Gamma Rho, Omega, Alpha, all these colors. I pitched it to those organizations. Mind you, these are all skill sets I use now. I pitched to these organizations. They bought their shirts. We had shirts for the general student body. Man, it was a movement. I got and plus, guess what? This this is why I love life. I love YouTube. I love I'm grow up where I am. It's all this is online. Like you can go on YouTube and you yeah. can see it. I got read receipts. There's nothing I'm saying right now. Right. Just like <laughs> just like okay, I, I hear you. Go online, look YouTube. Join me at the polls, Greggy Hill. Um, and it was a movement. It was something that started, but the idea, me, Chris Rob, Marcus Bass. And yo, it was it was phenomenal, and that put me on the, the mayor's radar. He's like, yo, this dude can put stuff together. So I got that right. opportunity. Uh, I'll be honest though. Only thing I did with that opportunity, I did. Uh, we did a symposium with uh, with the students and the general public. A couple of your podcasts, you talk about your journey. I'm assuming around or after college, where you experienced being homeless. Or that you were saying you had like a really great success. Can you talk about that experience and or that part of your journey? It's actually before. It was during college where I had a spout okay. of of doing that. That was after 2012. Where no, not after 2012. Um, in 2012, when I hosted an event for homecoming, um, I worked with the wrong investors. Put up around 25 racks of my money. Around five, mm-hmm. uh, five loans, five credit cards, and five from another person, and um, we went in a homecoming, worked with the wrong promoters, and we ended up losing the majority of all of that, and that was a tough, tough time for me. Uh, lost, I didn't leave my apartment for like a month. I lost like fifteen pounds. Um, had a couple hundred missed calls. It was just, it was a bad experience because I mean. Um, a, you know, you're losing somebody else's money and people, you know, everybody, right. everybody don't got that risk threshold. Like, I mean, I was more, I was cool losing my money. So at the end of the day, I knew I was going to get it back, but use five racks of 21, five racks of somebody else's money. It's a whole different experience. And I really didn't know how to come to terms. So I was telling you like, there's risk and everything. And mm-hmm. I know, and I had to, I had to fall on the sword cause I know I was the guy that made the connection. So mm-hmm. just that whole process and seeing how I'm going to pay it back, how I'm going to do this. And and juggling with the the, the the honesty, the honest reality is like paying back. Like we bought, I lost fifteen. So it's like, mm. bro, like what you mean, bro? Pay it back? No, this ain't no business where it's an automatic return. So that taught me a lot right. of lessons about. That's why I really don't. I, I do collaborations, but I don't do too many financial collaborations because everybody doesn't have the same risk tolerance. Some everybody doesn't have the same knowledge about business because sometimes you're gonna take a five, ten, fifteen loss, but uh, for some it's not. So. Uh, I learned a lot from that situation, and I moved on accordingly. But I had so many scars from that uh, emotionally, so I, I, I did. I basically flunked out of all those classes because I didn't. I never went back. To, really, really went back to school, and mm-hmm. um, it's crazy. I haven't shared this story in any podcast. This is new information, but I actually, I tried again. Um, um, two months after, I, I raised a little bit more money. And I had this concert, and some if you if you knew me, if you know me, then I had uh had this thing called absolute artistry. So every every like biweekly we did like slam poetry, we did uh, freaking food. It was a it was a dope event. Mm-hmm. And I decided at the time uh, I, heard, I heard about a young lady called Tedra Moses. She was signed mm-hmm. to uh, signed to Rick Ross MMG's label at the time. So I was like, Yo, f it, we gonna try to get all the money back. So I raised I, I raised some more rounds of my own bread, uh, put everything I got into bringing her down. So brought her. It was my first time booking an artist. So I think it was like thirty five hundred, and then flights, 
hotel for a band and all that stuff. And then the venue, I brought her in. And we had a grand total of, like, 20, 30 people at the show. It was mm. a, it was a disaster. So I, I was, like, another insult to injury. And then I just, we just folded it up after that. So um, it was a, definitely a, a, a trying year, year and a half, where I just kept kept trying and kept failing. And then, uh, shoot, it, it hurt my soul. I mean, 2000, what was it, 2012, um, my parents thought I was graduating. I really didn't tell them kind of what was going on. But so I'm sitting here. And by the time I did tell them, it was too late. Like, I, 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 so I still, I had my cap and gown. I'm sitting, in, I'm sitting, I'm sitting down in this whole line. I'm seeing people graduate. I'm walking across the stage knowing I got a whole year left. It was just, it was just the weirdest emotionally experience ever. Like, then after that, we had a graduation cookout. People congratulating. And I'm like, yo, I still got time. So mm-hmm. I go home and I'm like, I was just so, so hurt because I was like, yo, what in the world? Like, this is, this is not happening to me. Like, I'm still looking, I'm still thinking about freaking throwing parties, being the guy, job internships. And I'm sitting here at this, at the end of this graduation cookout, everybody's went home. I'm at my parents' house. I don't got no apartment. I don't got no job. Mm-hmm. I'm 22 years old, and I still got a whole year left. I just walked across the stage. It was going to be weird when I come back to the yard. I was like, what? <laughs> this is, I what? Like, what up, though? <laughs> I was like, what's like, what in the what is this? This cannot be. Every day, every morning for, like, the first month at that summer, I was woke up. I was like, this cannot be me. This is just, I, this cannot, I, I, I don't know how life went so left. So, right. Uh, the whole summer was just a summer exploration. I ain't had no money, so I ain't had no phone. Uh, I had graduation money, but I didn't feel right spending that at the time. Cause I was like, "Yo, I didn't graduate." So mm-hmm. I was just sitting there, um, I was trying to get trying to get my thoughts around, see what the next move was. Because at the time, I, w- I said, "Man, shoot, I was thinking about military. I was thinking about I don't know." And it's going through the motions the whole summer, and that's when I recorded the videos that I have. That I I don't know if I, I haven't really shared publicly, but this recording video just come out my, my mentality going through that. And just, just trying to get over it, man, because it was just the hardest summer ever. Like, I, I was just so depressed, and, I, and nobody can get me out of it because I was like, I, I just thought I lost it all. But my mom ended up, uh, I ended up registering back with A&T. I still ain't have no money. My mom gave me, like, $20. She uh, That was enough for guys mm-hmm. to get up there. And, she, mm-hmm. was, and uh, she was like, man, shoot. And at first I was driving back and forth to classes, but I was like, that doesn't make any sense. So... At the time, uh, I had no out that gas money uh, got got quick got uh, got lost quick. So mm-hmm. then for a little while, we just slept in the car, slept in libraries, and I was like, man, this this I can't do this for a whole year, like every day, because it's it's Greensboro. People don't know Greensboro has some dangerous parts. Like Greensboro ain't yeah. all ain't all friendly. So I'm sitting here paranoid in the car. I ain't got no more to eat, so luckily I had line brothers and guys like Timothy Noble, guys like Timothy Campbell, Allen, my line brother, that uh, they gave me a few places to crash. And then finally, um, I I started. It's crazy for a whole week. Um, I stayed at one of my friends' house, uh, Messiah Messiah Davis, Eric Glover, Louis Mudro, over there in their apartment. I mean, one night I said I had any place to stay. I stayed there for one night. When I turned it three nights, four nights, five nights, and then they realized, <laughs> they ain't never asked me, but they realized I ain't had a place to stay. So I just was staying in that front room for a whole year. Like, I just, um, I ain't had no key, but it's crazy. They mm-hmm. had one of them locks where any key could work. It was kind of crazy. Mm. <laughs> so, like, I used to use my own key to get in that jump. Um, so, I mean, 
it was I don't know how he made it work, but luckily I always yeah. left really really early in the morning, so nobody kind of knew. But I was always always over there, and I mean I don't know how I I still don't know how I made it through that time, but it was yeah. it was very liberating experience, man, just to see. Hey, hey, just to have that humility aspect, kind of having that, and also see, also see how people treat you. But then I wasn't, cause like so. I mean, people definitely did treat me differently. I mean, it was because mm-hmm. yo, shoot, at the end of the day, like yo, that's that's life. And I didn't, I didn't yeah. hold no grudges. It's not like I was like yo, yo. So when I was popping, y'all was like, nah, it, it, <laughs> right. I, I ain't on that, man. Um, because. Uh, it is what it is. There's reasons why certain people shouldn't shouldn't rock with you after where if you do certain things. I mean, it just it just mm-hmm. that's just life. So I knew I had to earn back my credibility, and I just had to just be a be a better version of myself, man. So that whole year long experience sleeping on couches, I only really had shoot a couple one to two pair of jeans, couple shirts, and just just maxing out like that. No haircut. I mean that that just it liberated me mm-hmm. to a certain extent. So that's why I got this. Uh, I just got a different type of gear. Um, like I said on a, a previous podcast, a different type of gear from cats that um, are in the same in, same industry or, or attempt to do the same things because um, I've I've lived doing it. I've seen the bottom. I remember it to this day. Like people mm-hmm. hit me all the time. Like I mean, just like any that anybody in life, anybody's story. Because I know my story is different, but everybody has scars, um, and it's and that's why it's crazy to be transparent because a lot of people don't realize. Like even though you made it through those things, like those like. Yo, this this stuff really happened. Like people right, hit me now, right. like that stuff didn't happen. Like, what you mean? Like this, I I lived it. So this, yeah. I act a certain way on certain things, and I have a certain mentality because of that. So, um, hopefully that kind of hit it in a nutshell. I don't want to uh, spend too much time on it, but yeah. No, this- I just thank you for um, being so honest and transparent and sharing that with us. You know, I really do appreciate it. Um, how did you? How long did it take before you could start talking about um, your homeless experience? Uh, it took me about it took me about six months after it because mm-hmm. I, I made a shift that summer. So right when I got back on my feet, uh, shout out to BAE Systems. They took a chance on me out of college. I joined their financial leadership development program, and they gave me they gave me a sign and bonus, gave me my relocation. So I finally got back on my feet. And it was crazy. It was it was I was in New York celebrating like I because you know how you do. You get the corporate check, and the, the first <laughs> after the first like they don't get you don't get your money until like two or three two weeks or a month. Yeah. So I'm like, bro, struggle for the first month. Like you just getting it out the mud, and you finally I got the reload signed mm-hmm. and the first check. So I was like, what? I got so like six bands coming to count. I said, we back. I was like, right. <laughs> I, felt like, I, felt like, I felt like Jesus at Nazareth. Like, I was like, no, we are, we, I, I just said that. Jesus like, yo, chill out, G. My bad, man. I'm playing. But it was crazy <laughs> like to see that and it be, I felt like I was back. So I was in New York with my line brother, Julian, uh, Julian Love and Dominique Jones. We on the rooftop. It was crazy. Rooftop. We had bought like seven bottles of freaking, uh, Seven bottles of um a champagne and and uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. and then a freaking orange juice. So we had some mimosas. Right. And I was thinking, I was like, hold up, G. I made a I made a caption. That was I think that was right when Holy Grail came out. Yeah, Holy Magna Carta, uh, Jay Z mm-hmm. album. And I had a Jay Z caption under my lines. We had a cool picture, and I was like, hold up, G. Like this is you just made it 
through some crazy yeah. times. Like, what what, what, are we talk, what are we talking about, bro? Like, are we are we back? Are we on this now? Like, cool picks and lyrics again? Is that what we doing? I was like, mm. and no offense to people that do, because I always, I'm, I have no judgment, but I said that's not my lane. I know what you mean, though. Yeah. So I was like, nah, we we off that man. So I made a decision. I talked to my boy Quentin Harris. I know you know him. I called mm-hmm. him randomly. It's crazy. Like me and Q close, but we don't talk all the time. Like we don't mm-hmm. we don't. It's not like we know intimate stuff about each other's lives, but I, we just got a good. He's just a real cat. So I called yeah, him. Yeah. I was like. Yo, Q, man, I can't, I gotta be, I gotta be realer, man. Like, how can I, how can I brand myself accordingly? How can I be real? Because he, you know, Q has a way of just positioning himself in a way that is really true to him. He mm-hmm. was like, gee, what you mean, bro? Just be you. Like, what you, like, like. Right. <laughs> I was like, man, you right, man. So, uh, from that point on, I decidedly made it, made it, made it, made a decision to, on all social media platforms, for the most part, just keep it a hundred, man. Like, just not not venting, but always, always post stuff that can add value to somebody in some way. So, yeah. And then um, I talked about it. I had a post. I was at my one of my um, my fraternity brother Donald Boone's wedding, and I, I had a, a quick blurb like, "Man, it's crazy." And a year a year ago, I was homeless, and now I had had the suit on. We were splashing a little bit, and I got a good response off of that. And I kind of already I, I already been shifting. Before uh-huh. that, but that was like okay, it's cool, like it's okay now. And then, but immediately after the response is what I did because immediately after you do something that kind of you see something kind of getting a lot of engagement, I'm a real, I'm a businessman. I said like, what can I capitalize off this? Like okay, cool, right? But all right, so hey, OG, you need to write the book because I mean people have all these questions, and I'm like, I still didn't. I, I needed more context. You can't just jump out and everybody like, oh, I was homeless. Like what? Because I I, I want yeah. people to be like, okay, what is, is he trying to get attention or what is he doing? And I never was attentive to like I don't I don't I don't need to manifest uh, attention. I can do that. I can as, as, yeah, as Drake would say. Yeah. yeah. What was he, what did he say? Uh, I, I do my own PR. Like what did he say? What did he say? I, I listened to it. Listened to it. I just, I just heard the song. He said, um, I, I do my own propaganda. Like I, I mean, not on the <laughs> humble stuff, but I can I can create my own propaganda. I don't need right. to to use no buzzwords or to post picture with a little baby and say yeah. Nah, I don't need all that. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, so we we uh, we did that, and then that's when I, I got inspired to write the first book. Wow, wow! And then how? Wait, before before I move to that, I wanted to ask, um, go back for just a second. How was it going back to everyone and kind of smoothing out the relationships around the first event, like after you had time? Because I know for a lot of people, including myself, when you go through that wilderness experience <laughs> where you're out there. And you and you come like, and you come out of it. And you're like, wow, like I was hurting and I was scared and I was going through all this um, also mentally, and I did damage some some friendships or relationships, and that's on me. How is that? Like, how was it for you coming to that point and then to them and trying to smooth out those bridges, even if it's not the same as oh, that's that's a you great, know before it happened. That's a great question. That's a phenomenal question uh, because that's serious. Like I didn't talk to people for like three three to five months. I didn't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Not even my outside of my friends. If you didn't outside of my not even my friends outside of my my parents. And if you saw me at church and I was running, out, I would get my word and I would go right out the back door. I was no yeah. no nothing like that. So what I did, uh, I sent. Uh, uh, emails to my closest people, uh, my 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 little I call her my little sister Keisha, my brother Jeremy, mm-hmm. my brother Julian, uh, my brother Duncan, uh, my sister April McNeil. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? I think I only there was like seven or eight people. Um, mm-hmm. 
that I that I emailed personally, and I just was really I was the most rawest email ever. It was just real, um, and because I I wrote because I read a book. I forgot what book it said. It was like you need to write your, write it out. Write up write. I forgot what book it was, but write out your whole thoughts and feelings. And I said that's gonna be my first step. Um, to enter it, I said I can't call. Just like, hey, how you doing, man? Oh, this man, man, shoot, I've been off the grid. So I sent that email, and then uh, everybody responded to saying like, yo, you, I never, I never cared about you, that G Hill. Like, I never cared mm. about the part. I never, yo, I'm always worried about you, man. I always, that's the only reason why I even um, loved you as a person or did what you need to do with with the party stuff because of you, man, who you were. So I just always want you to remember that, man. Like, I'm not on mm. that. So no, not, none of my relationships, if anything, they strengthen. Like, okay. Nothing changed. I mean, the other people that if it did change, it really didn't matter that much to me, anyways. So mm-hmm. I knew my core. My I had my seven, eight core core cats that that were that were rocking with it, and then the rest of people they just got about a book. <laughs> That's why I said like I was like, you, you got you you gonna you gonna see the because I mean at the end of the day because I knew I wasn't gonna change. It's, it's, it, I knew I was never gonna change up. So even when I did get back on my feet, it wasn't like I was gonna not acknowledge that. That I did go off the grid, so I knew it. You would hear about it in the, in your own terms, in your own ways, through word of mouth. Like you, you see, G G yeah. back on, bro. So, but I never was gonna shift as if I didn't. Like some people, when they get back on, that like they never went. They they never had that low point. So exactly, I, exactly. I just acknowledge it. I um, I know you talk about going into like the financial industry and and not quite being for you or what you expected. Can you talk about that? And then did you go straight into teaching right after that? No, 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 no. Uh, the financial industry, I just, uh, I w- it was actually never for me. I, I, I was an econ major in college. I just like to question things. I like to look at data. Mm-hmm. I like to, people can get lost in the sauce on, on YouTube or see me talking and like, yo, this guy just talked, he got a lot of energy. He got this vision. He got this, Arr! But don't, don't don't ever get it confused. Like every majority of stuff is strategic. I read a lot. I really dig into the data. I might not. I don't care about the data, but I dig into the data. Um, yeah. this, and that's a whole another whole another podcast. Uh, I think a lot of people they 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 lose their dreams looking at data, but that's neither here nor mm-hmm. there. Um, but yeah, so I, I my first internship was at General Electric, working in finance, and I just stayed on that finance track, even though that really wasn't my my strong suit. But I know I could handle myself in meetings and and I can talk the talk from a high level. But I knew if I ever moved up, it would be I just finance just was just a lot. So after the first year, I was like, man, and I had great reviews. I got a raise and everything. But I was like, Mm. nah, this this is just not I I really. And some people are different, but I I'm a a real I'm a human. I I only like to be at where I, I stand out and where I shine. I don't. Not okay. to say I, I I put in work. I do put in work, but I'm yeah. I'm, I'm always trying to be. A you big a Libra? Fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always trying to be. I'm always trying to be a big fish in a small pond. So I was like, nah, I'm 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 just a number, and I'm just a diversity number, and that's cool. But it's like, nah, we ain't on that. So for a period of four years, I kept jumping into entrepreneurship, realizing that a I didn't have enough capital, and b I didn't understand how those industries work just yet. So I would jump in six months, go broke, and then go back to a job. Jump in six months, mm-hmm. go broke, go jump back into a job. But every time I was getting better and adding more tools, I was adding another book, adding yeah. another podcast. And through this time, I, my first time, my first job was working. Uh, this is another exclusive. I worked at a measurement, measurement Incorporated. So I graded, uh, graded, graded high school papers and for, mm-hmm. for a whole summer. And a summer and beyond. So I graded like, you know, all those the papers that cats write for integrated testing and all that stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I used to grade them for like $12 an hour, 40 hours a week. I oh, was wow. in a lab, graded them for a couple months. That's when I thought about leaving everything. I was like, man, I don't even want to be in a public figure no more. I don't want to speak. I don't do anything publicly. Like, that's not my lane. I was just yeah. so off that. But then I just got caught. I don't know. That's a, that's a whole different story how I got, got back in the game. But so then I got back in the game. Uh, got hit over the head again. So then I sw- that's when I worked at Duke University. I worked at the Clinical Research Institute. Uh, mm. Mind you, I was a great job because I had an opportunity to work with some of the best doctors in the world, um, the best faculty in the world, be exposed to everything Duke has to offer as far as academics. So I was going to a lot of free programming they were having because, you know, as you know, you went to one of the best universities mm-hmm. in the world. All these, you know, the top universities, they have so many free programs. They bring in the best so guest many. lecturers. And it's like, yo, that's when I realized like everything that I needed was in Durham. <laughs> like, mm. like a lot of a lot of us live in major cities with great universities and we they have grants, they have top lecturers come in and we don't even look we don't even go to those free events, we don't go, free food, we don't go, all these opportunities. Right. And it's like, yo, so I, I I wanna throw out a real nugget for anybody out there. And it's not a nugget for most people, but some it might be. If you are in a major city, even if you're not, look at those local colleges that are around you and, and go to their free program. Look at the local libraries put on so many programs too. Like there's right. so like you know, there's so many opportunities. But so I got enabled to 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 experience going to a jazz concert and learn yeah. and seeing I, I got I learned so much during my year at Duke. Then I left Duke. <laughs> then I left and then that's when I went into teaching. And teaching was the most challenging job I ever had. Um, it was a, definitely a great experience. Shout out to Dr. Logan and those that gave me a shot. So it was a phenomenal year. And unfortunately, I won't be going back because the scheduling. I know I just can add the most value outside the classroom because the whole writing on boards thing. I could tell you how many times I wrote on the board. I don't do that whole writing thing. Uh, yeah. And the whole differentiated learning. I, I, people don't give teachers enough respect, man. Teaching is right. freaking. It's, it's, it's outside of like probably maybe being a surgeon. I te- teaching is the hardest job in the world. So shout out to all my teachers. Yeah, like I... I always thought that was interesting when you would bring up your students on your podcast or, mm-hmm. you know, the conversations you were having. I don't know if you remember, but my mom, I grew up in a tutoring service yeah, um, since I was five. Mm-hmm. And both my grandparents were like professors and stuff like that. So education has been really huge in my life. And even now I'm doing a program for a nonprofit and I actually got pulled into working with the students here in Detroit. And oh, woo! That's... <laughs> woo! Detroit! Woo! It's been very interesting. I've worked with students. I have worked with students in so many different cities, in so many different um, states, and from different backgrounds. And yesterday, I had them go to, like, a um, this goat farm off Seven Mile, do the petting zoo, and, like, to make them like milk the goat and pet this and that. They're like, man, I don't mess with these animals. Mm-hmm. But to see them like get out of their shell a little bit. And of course, we're still trying to be cool with each other. Like, I don't want to get too hype over it. But you can see the change when you, you are challenging them, you know, and pushing them out. Like, sometimes forcing them out their comfort zone. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but I always thought that was interesting because it seemed like you were having really good um, discussions with your mm-hmm. students, which it can be hard, especially when you spend a lot of years in teaching and, you know, you deal with a lot of the same issues without having as much support. It can be hard to keep pulling that motivation, you know, to try to bring in outside 
knowledge and and discussions that isn't in a regular like lesson plan, you know. Nah, it's it's a hard it's, it's that's that's my biggest thing. Like I I knew that in the day. And and, I, and it's probably some, if you have a doctorate or you have a master's degree, you're going to cringe at this statement. But please continue to cringe. Don't at me. <laughs> um, I'm like, man. I, and I never went too left where they weren't learning anything. It's I taught business. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it wasn't like I was teaching English or language arts. I was teaching business. So discussion yeah. and all that stuff is, is, is nourishment and getting more data. So, but I'm like, yo, if I'm making you get proficient, teaching you vocab terms and all this other stuff. Yeah. But if you're not, if you just still don't really know how to look people in their eyes, if you still don't understand like common sense about business, if you still don't know how to do research and how to follow up with people and how to just be self-aware, if you don't know all this other stuff, then what is a what does a proficiency mean? Like, right? You can have you know the game. So many people. It does. It's, it's like you know how hard I had to work just to get just to be average. Mm-hmm. Like you know the game, you know how the struggles of not even entrepreneurship, just life in general, just to, to do what you need to do. It's it's tough out here, and so if I had to go through all that just to be average, and these kids ain't nowhere near I was, I was like, yo, no, 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 no. We need to really have us because they need to find out who they are, find out who they re- what they really want to do, so that that C student be, can be okay with his C, but also can go ahead and make it start his YouTube channel. And start go ahead, start that gurney, start a makeup channel, start importing those bundles of hair, like start right. start start these side hustles, not even business. I'm not gonna be everybody being an entrepreneur. I'm not on that wave. But just start kind of owning who they are and being comfortable. So when they graduate, when they go to school, or they in the real world, they're not like confined within the real world's boxes. So right. it was hard that to, to, to man some days get criticized or some days get held on my fact about some scores that people had. But I saw my students learning. I saw them growing. Yeah. Like, I saw them thinking about their decisions, thinking about, well, shoot, man, I'm going to do this. Like, thinking about their stuff. And it's like, you come in, and there's so many barricades to really helping grow, specifically students of color in a, in a primarily black school. And it's, man, it's, it's just really challenging. So that's why my angst against education, because you know where it's going. We know where yeah. it's going, and it's, and it's, it's unfortunate that, a lot of these these students are are, are they they're outside the box, but education is pushing them to be in the box. And unfortunately, there's not enough funds, there's not enough talented um, professionals that are young and innovative there to really help cultivate all that can be cultivated. There's so much gold in these schools, like these public schools, especially the ones with with horrible uh, graduation rates, horrible mm-hmm, retention. There's mm-hmm. so much gold there, like there's so much. But we, yeah. but we, we can't get it. But you go to these private schools, the 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 ones that the people that went to your school, the ones the high schools they went to, and they get harvested like they're the prime talent. But that's not even yeah. the case, man. They got prime environment. Prime. I mean, we had one floor that was only for tutors to come in throughout the day. Like literally, in one of the buildings, we had a floor that was just because you are meant to be pushed and to learn and stuff. And like here, I'm just trying to get them to be comfortable with discussion. Because you realize, like, there really a lot of places here, and a, and a lot of places throughout the U.S., but, like, they're taught through worksheets. So they are quick to be like, just give me a handout, let me find the answer on the page and plug it in. And I'm like, no, we need to talk, discuss, think, you know, question. We might not have the answers now, but later on we'll meet someone, and then we'll ask the same questions and get some more answers. And, like, it, you can see, like, 
it's almost scary sometimes because you've gone all this time and we're teaching them the exact opposite. Keep your head down, plug it in. There's a right answer. There's a wrong answer. And I'm like, sometimes there's not. Sometimes it's just more questions and more, you know, observations. And this is what I'm seeing. And this is what I think than anything else. But anyways, I just, I, I always got tickled when you, you talked about your students and stuff. And I'm sad to hear, I know you're doing a lot of other stuff, but I'm sad to hear you won't be in front of the classroom. But I know you do a lot of speaking engagements with students. So Yeah, you already know that uh, I'm definitely doing some bi-weekly stuff there and some monthly stuff with the whole uh, whole city of Durham. And I ain't released it yet, but I can release it on this podcast. Uh, I'm going to be doing some monthly uh, workshops with everybody. All the, all the high, is from 7th through 10th, I believe, grade mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. with the whole city. So and it's, uh, so I'm working on that program, some monthly stuff. So, no, nah, I'm, I'm not going nowhere. But I just I won't be on that day-to-day in a classroom because at the end of the day, too, let's be real. Um, if I had the bandwidth, I would, but if I had a twin, I would, mm-hmm. but I'm like, in mm-hmm. the day, students, I, I, I'm I, trying to change the culture, and I can, it's hard to change, it's, I know one classroom at a time, I get that, but if I have an opportunity to be, to 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 help some of the bold, the baddest um, entrepreneurs, change agents, social, all, change agents of color, uh, be, become, or enter major platforms, uh, mm-hmm. and myself, kind of continue to level up i think mm-hmm. i'm doing way more for the culture in that aspect because i got a bigger vision on how to change it and i know unfortunately just if i stayed the last 20 years in the classroom i could change those lives i know i can however there's so many lives that wouldn't be changing so i think it would be kind of disrespectful for me to to, mm-hmm. to limit myself when i know i can really help change help in the battle of changing the world because i'm not the only you're changing the world so many people are changing the world just help be more be more uh helpful in that in that aspect of putting people in the right places and um just doing more things so my heart is always gonna be at hillside high school heart is always gonna be at durham i ain't moving nowhere so yeah <laughs> I, uh, you just brought me to my next question you talk a lot about changing the culture where do you think the culture is at now or co- how is it i believe the culture is at a phenomenal place don't at me uh really mm-hmm. the real i realized that because Although there is a myriad of problems in education, a myriad of problems in the political system, a myriad of problems in the uh, armed forces and and the the police. However, mm-hmm. like I said, there's so much gold there. Like our, our our young generation, man, they on a whole different wave of individuality, of um, some of them sharing their true selves and just exploring different things. I just believe if it's if it's cultured and curated in the right way. And then our generation of millennials, which is I know is a broad brush, uh, mm-hmm, because people mm-hmm. see people talk like millennials are just people under thirty. And millennials is like twenty three to like forty, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, but like the uh, the demographic between twenty three and thirty three, if we just uh, could, I'm all, I'm all big about aggregating content so that say if somebody if if a high schooler want to come to something they should be able to say I want to be in, if I want to be an engineer I want to be a game designer go to somewhere and find out everything about game design and have it really sitting there so they don't have to do too much research but if we do our part as far as giving back in some capacity and volunteering setting a blueprint or something then add that with the natural talent and ability that these young cats got okay they may be lazy yes they may be. However, mm-hmm. they're very savvy. They're very smart to get the things they want to do. So if we uh, have we start curating their thought process to things that 
they really want to do because at any rate, nobody has a dark soul. I'm sorry, nobody has. No, yeah. Not too many people have a dark soul, and uh, generally, people generally speaking, they want to do good. But it's hard to want to do good when you see other people with clothes that you don't got. When you yeah. see other people like they're doing things that you want to do. So we can reiterate their heads to say, okay, this is what this is what you really do want. You, you don't want the clothes. You just want that that love. You just want that attention. Or you can get attention by doing X, Y, and Z. So just kind of not telling them because a lot of times we try to tell them what they should want. We should, oh, yeah. you should want this education. You should want your good grades. You know, that don't work with nobody, specifically this generation. So if right. you help reorient their way to what they truly want, if they truly want money, then that is okay. Then tell them to read a book, <laughs> like or, right. or listen to a book. Like as people say, okay, I want to be a billionaire. I'm like, yo, so have you read Warren Buffett's, Warren Buffett's um, uh, biography? Who's that? Right. Or Bill Gates? Like, what you mean? Like these are these are the richest people. Like what do you mean they got that? Like, what? So I always try to tell my my kids like, okay, you want to be a rapper? Okay, then then listen. I'm, so I'm okay with you listening to all rap music. Like adults are like, what's well, the no? You don't. Hey, if he wants to do music, he should be doing that. So I mean. There's so many there's so many areas I could take that, but the culture's in a good place. But I know, I know, I know that it definitely needs more people kind of help shifting and shaping it in a real authentic mm-hmm. way. Because I ain't gonna lie, I, there's a lot of cats out here and and let them do what they do. Uh, and they're of color. That they're, they're shifting the culture, but they're doing it in such a like a in my my eyes kind of kind of full gazy way like a whole mm. a nuanced european way like you're like they're european yeah. blacks and i'm like not not me to put stuff on that because i know i get a lot of fee- i'll get a lot of fee- uh, uh, feedback from that but like let's let's just be authentic man like we don't everybody don't have to do a seed round of funding everybody doesn't have to be so deep in analytics to make their business do x y and z like this let's just encourage people to be the best people version of themselves and that's why i just try to try to embody um i don't ever want to get too beside myself where I sit on these panels and I just uh politic as if like like yeah. cats can't just be an artist or they don't have they have to leverage something they don't have to strategically align they don't have to do all that stuff like yo when did life become so deep like um but yeah yeah let me get off that soapbox way, <laughs> way, 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 way left. so um I know now you're on your um your trailblazer tour and minority trailblazer tour and you're taking your brand from being on airs to in person first before i get into um okay yeah can you tell me about the tour what you're doing and where you've been this is your fifth stop tonight right fifth stop is new york august 12th tell us about that yeah august 12th no august 5th brooklyn we there small city GregyHill.com backslash MTP live. And the whole shift was at the end of the day, um, that's why I tell everybody, if you're if you're listening right now, let's lock in, you need to hear this. Uh once you really know yourself, know your gift. Know where you resonate at. If you resonate audio, stay in your audio. If you resonate visually, stay in the visual. You resonate written, stay in the written first. Like honor that like dominate the wherever you stay first and then ask you people don't know i mean I, I i i dominated first in the speaking thing not to say i was the best speaker ever but that was my call to action i i, I correlate well better on video because mm. you can see the energy you can see the passion you can see the 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 movement i can keep people alive but i realized that my best medium to start off would be audio because there really wasn't too many black conscious cats talking about business in a real with, with some with some jazz with it 
So mm-hmm. my opportunity to go live, I was like, you, I do live all the time. I speak for a living. So I said, that's the best. And then I said, yo, I always look at, I look at frameworks in every industry. And I'm like, yo, DJ Khaled is the guy. What he do, he just go to cities and he bring out everybody. So I said, mm-hmm. why not me? And I said, why not this tour? And I didn't have no plan. I had no budget. I had no sponsors. I see cats out here, and I, I love them. They have like 25K, 50K sponsors to tour across the world. I didn't ask nobody to fund me to do this. It was like, yo, we just going to get And some some of that is my detriment as well, so I don't I don't brag on that as that, if this, that's the only way. I think the smarter way is to get a sponsor, <laughs> but that's the calculation <laughs> of the day. But, yo, we just said, yo, here's the six cities, listen to the content. Let's bring it to them. And i just been so engrossed by the support from people like, Man, I, I can't mention all these names, but so many people in Houston and Atlanta and D.C. and Charlotte. And I guess it, I want to make it practical. The three things that I learned from it, um, the big the first thing is uh, you got to you, you got to outgrow yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not for everybody because every I don't want to say every you know, everybody doesn't have to be. If you cool with your nine to five and you vacationing, live that. That's cool. That's OK. Um, I know in my but in my space. I said, man, let me outgrow myself. Let me. I don't. I don't. I don't know if they want to see me live, but they gonna see me live. So I said, let's right. let's, let's stretch it. Um, the second thing I learned from it was, you got to be really um, intentional once you outgrow yourself. So I wasn't expecting. Oh, let me put these flyers. I got a. I got a buzz online. Let me put these flyers out. People are just gonna flock to my RSVP and then flock to buy my twenty dollars and hundred dollar tickets. No, I was in DMs. I was in messages. I was. I, I was. I was in the gym. Every, directly yeah yeah direct hey hey gabrielle how you doing of course majority of times i had i had some stock content but it was hey mm-hmm. gabby how you doing um i'm gonna be in your city here's what we're gonna be doing i would love for you to come out here's the ticket information hey the influence hey i might throw in a comp five dollars off here or there whatever but i was shooting shots shooting shots every city and then after that i was like hold up gee you need volunteers okay boo what's your best platform linkedin put the link to volunteers we got 20 volunteers we got five volunteers each city so every day i was just focused on growing it growing and growing it. so that's the third thing i would say it's kind of cliche but uh focus with intent and mm-hmm. it's it's simple like when i said okay when, when i'm going to houston right here's a prime example houston two weeks ago we had three volunteers we had eight volunteers sign up only three were really committed then we had four RS, uh, seven RSVPs, and it was Sunday. We had one week till Houston. I didn't book my plane ticket yet, and I was like, we got to get this stuff together. So I, I had a, on Monday, I had a conference call with all my volunteers saying, hey, guys, here's what we need to do. Um, this is what I need y'all to do. In my head, I knew, okay, they're probably going to bring three people max, period. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I, I knew just from our conversation they were going to help out day of. They were going yeah. to uh, be able to provide some transportation and do some stuff. But I just knew that, A, I'm self-aware, too. I have pool, but I don't have enough marketing pool to say, hey, Greg's doing this podcast. You can come through. Nah. And plus, the me- the messaging on the podcast was by by nature, and I did this intentionally, you just don't know what you're experiencing. It's like a live podcast. Okay, cool. But it doesn't, you don't know the whole event behind it. So I knew it was mm-hmm. going to be a hard sell, especially if they didn't have no cliche in the, in the state. So after that, I sent around 40 messages a day via LinkedIn to to people that were in my first connections, people in Houston. Sent out to that, made phone calls to people I knew in Houston. I looked at my contacts. Everybody in Houston, I called them or texted them individually. So then day after day one, we had 
seven more. And then we had five more on Tuesday, six more on Wednesday. Um, then somebody, then two people bought hundred dollar tickets. Then we, uh, then we just creep by creep by creep. And then by by Sunday, uh, mind you, I didn't promote when I, on the flyer that I had Toby because I said this whole experience about seeing where my brand really was. So I didn't even let people know. I didn't ask Toby to post to post ten times because Toby got a lot of followers. I didn't do all that. I said, let me just grind yeah. and go get it. And you know, that was one of our most packed shows to date. And it was just but mm. of authentic people, the real people. Um, because that's yeah. why I, that's why I put the price at twenty. Next year it's probably gonna go up a little bit, even with sponsors. Actually, it's gonna stay the same. But it's like you just it was just a, a surreal experience. So I just tell y'all, anybody out there that's doing live events or want to go into this nature, once you put your dream out there and people are smack are like, Yeah, congratulations, double tapping. Hey, mm-hmm. test it's all about that financial support, to be honest. Uh, yeah. That's, that's what yeah. it is. So I said, hey, I saw that you like this photo, man. I saw that you do this. Hey, would you are you are you in town? Can you come? I direct ass. Here's the link. Um, so I just yeah, that has been an experience. I've learned a lot. I love all the energy everywhere. New York is going to be crazy. Uh, Durham is going to be. Psh, I want So yeah, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I was. Uh, hopefully, I got practical with that. Okay, right be- right before I let you go, I have one more question. I know um, in 2018, you plan to do your um, culture change conference, and I hope that you really do utilize me. I learned that you, um, you're a little bit of a hard head, but like you said, you do have a very good, solid business mind <laughs> behind it, and you are very, you have a um, strong integrity to your brand and to the experience of um, your guests, so I'm, I'm very much excited and I hope that you um, utilize me in some way. But can you tell us about what you hope to accomplish in 2018 with a with a conference? Like, what do you envision? Um, yeah, that's a great question. You know, I am. I just bid uh, the tour and everything else. I just and plus you ask too many dang questions, so I just always gotta. <laughs> I want to. I wanna, but I gotta, in the beginning, you have to. Uh, like. Nah, I don't. I don't believe in that. But uh, um, what we're, we're, we're I've. Def- I haven't I haven't forgot about that. We're definitely getting the full. I gotta get my I gotta get the bread right first because I don't um, right now that like my mm-hmm. to, to, before I get to the conference my end of the remainder of the year is just to get the capital right in business. Most businesses fail because they don't have no capital. So yeah. it's all cool to do these tours and whatnot, but I just gotta continue to work on the model to make sure it's the most uh, profitable model. And then going forward for the rest of this year, we got some big stuff going up going on. So I need to make sure that I can. Do what I need to do financially to keep the business afloat and flourishing, and then also pay people like yourself. Like I don't, I don't. Um, a lot of people have because they see the movement, they know where it's going. They like, oh, I'll do this pro bono, whatever. But I don't. I, I, at the end of the day, I know people, especially like yourself. This is what you eat off of. Um, yeah. I say it publicly. I don't. I. I don't engage like expect like for people that eat off what they do. I don't really necessarily use a lot of them pro bono because I just I know what it's like and. Until I can come with at least something uh, that I could do, I just kind of unless they unless they all in with it, like I don't I don't engage time in the right position because I know what it's like to be like, yo, I don't have any money if somebody wants me to come and talk to this church for free. It's like right. I love it, I want to, but yo, I, I am starving. Like I I can't even got gas. I didn't been in this situation. I barely had gas to come to an event, and I was doing stuff, and I'm like, I was like, luckily those seeds are are growing now. 
But I was like, yeah. God, like, what you mean? Like, I gotta go to Greensboro. I only got like, I only right. got ten dollars. Like, I, I gotta go. <laughs> we well, might make it, but <laughs> and, and, and give a speech with all my conviction. Like, people don't know. That's why I be killing me. Like, y'all don't know. Like, what? And I try to tell these stories because I don't want people to ever get stuff twisted about the journey. It's like, yo, this sometimes you you may, and it's not. I'm not. There's no, it's not cool to be a broke entrepreneur because everybody's not like that. Let's say this, let's put that out there. But right. I went that route. It's hard. Yeah, I went that route. So it was difficult going to gigs where you just, you barely made it there. Your car overheating, your AC off on the car. You trying to get there. You got to give a motivational speech and then you leaving. You got the mm-hmm. windows down. You hot. You bothered. Like what? But for this conference, right? Um, this conference is going to be. It's going to be everything. Uh, it's going to be some of the leading people of color, uh, not just black, Latino. Um, uh, just two parts. A, giving inspiration and encouragement, but then B, giving tactical and strategic advice about how to get the bag. Like how mm-hmm. do you get these? How do you get these sponsorships? Don't send me to the webinar and give me like ten and ten lead-ins just to tell me that I need to make sure I have uh, a, a clever email title. No, don't don't lead me in with that. Tell, give me the goods. Give me the, give me the pipeline to, so we yeah. can take these businesses that need more exposures, these businesses that need more capital, these businesses that need more reach and, and more just engagement. Show us how to do that. Show us how to get on the map. And I want to provide that with some of the industry leading people that are doing it on a high level. That may not be the most popular on social media, but they know these stuff because people don't realize like the real cast is really moving and shaking. Not all the cast, but there's a lot of cast moving and shaking. They don't even got an online presence. It ain't even about that. So. A lot right. of people getting lost. Like I know cats that these trainers out here. They got a hundred thousand followers. They live in check to check. Like, mm-hmm. but you got I know I know a trainer right now. Fifteen racks has opened up his third gym. Like, let's be real. Mm. Let's, let's 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 talk facts. So I'm bring. I'd rather bring the guy with a third gym than a person that got a million followers online and they barely living. No no offense to those people. You feel me? Because I want the people right. that have value. I'm not. I care about social media, but social everybody everybody doesn't need to be on social media. Like. If your business, like for real, I, I, my stuff on social media, specifically on Instagram, is for to, to, to let people know what I'm doing, hopefully encourage and inspire. But I know Instagram people, they don't they don't be buying my. A lot of them aren't aren't buying my services. They ain't paying for no coaching package. A lot of them ain't even bought my book. A lot of friends to this day look at me in my eyes, love what I do, ain't bought my book. But who who uh-huh. who does? My LinkedIn fam, some of my Facebook fam, and people that and and I want. I know I'm getting a left off the conference, but I want to hit on this. It's, it's really critical for for you people out here that are entrepreneurs, that are creatives, that are musicians, the power of one, one view. Like people start off and they get like 20 views on a podcast, 20 views on a YouTube channel, 20 clicks on SoundCloud. They're like, yo, what I got to do? What is my strategy? I got to realign. Like, yo, you don't know who that one view is. Right. That one view could be somebody at Harvard University. That one view Mm -hmm. could be uh, an executive or a manager that can take your career to another level. So stop looking at the data and start looking at production. Start looking at the work you're putting in. Start looking at consistency. And you do that, and you'll talk to the next level. So as I end, as I end, the conference is going to be game changer March 9th, March 10th. It's going to be some of the, the leading people in finance, health, uh, fitness, uh, entrepreneurship, career, life. Like It's going to be a hodgepodge of a lot of stuff. Um, I got a keynote speaker that I'm working on. Because at first I wasn't going to really do the cool keynote thing. Um, right, I remember. But I, I am gonna. It's gonna be a low key plug because at the end of the day, I've been talking to a lot of people. You get somebody with too much star power that can that can throw your whole conference off because then the then it doesn't become about the conference. It becomes around the person. It becomes that that main person, yeah. So I think I got a few that's gonna complement the message uh, uh pretty pretty well, and I definitely throw them by you. Uh, 
as we get closer. So it's going to be two days experience, something that you've never seen before. I'm not going to go bootleg on the, the thing. So it's not just going to show up with a raw hotel with just some some regular registration. And then, nah, we're going to put some, some brand into the production. And just set a blueprint because I haven't even unveiled like what was really the next the next stages on everything. Like the conference is is level level one to me, and I just want to set the uh-huh. blueprint and on on every single thing that I can, so that those that come behind me they can they they know exactly what moves they need to make, uh, and from a most authentic perspective as possible. I love it. I love it. So how can my listeners? Um catch up with you listen to the podcast you know shout you out oh online you can find everything at gregehill.com you can find me instagram greg e hill twitter greg e hill facebook gregory e hill shake my head uh snapchat <laughs> gregory e hill shake my dang head and um i'm coming out with an app soon so the app is going to be the best way uh but that's in that should probably be in a couple months so um, yep, so you should see me on the App Store, Amazon, I mean not Amazon, but iTunes and Google Play pretty, pretty soon. So that that's where all my content, because I, I ain't going to lie, I put out a lot of content. So you'll see it there. And yeah, it's been a phenomenal interview. Thank you for listening to another episode of Riel's Events Podcast. Please make sure to rate us, leave a comment, and subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher and the podcast app. I also want to give another thanks to Greggy Hill of the Minority Trailblazers podcast for such a wonderful conversation. I look forward to hearing you all's feedback on social media using at Riel underscore events. That's R-I-E-L-L-E underscore E-V-E-N-T-S. And make sure that you subscribe so that you can be the first to hear the upcoming interviews and event podcasts that we have. We have some more dynamic guests. Until next time, Zai Jian.